Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the March 22nd edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics, meeting the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, we'll explore some key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks and take a look at the tremendous hiring pressures that electrical contractors are currently wrestling with. Let's first check out those weekly economic indicators that can offer an early indicator of where the market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy for 2021. We had a terrific response to the presentation last year, and we're delighted to be working with Champion Fiberglass to deliver them to you again in 2021. Let's first look at the unemployment claims at the state level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims. This data is valuable to distributors, manufacturers, and reps because it offers evidence of just how big an issue layoffs still are now at the local level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establish a trend in a more positive direction, it will be a clue for you about when the economy in a local area is starting to improve. For the week ending March 13th, we did see some increases in the advance figures for seasonally adjusted initial claims, which were at 770,000 on a national basis. That's an increase of 45,000 from the previous week's revised level. The U.S. national unemployment rate is 6.2% for March. As a point of comparison, last March, the rate was 4.5% before skyrocketing to 14.8% in April. This was the highest unemployment mark in the past year during the pandemic. With the current data, we did see some nice declines in advanced unemployment claims. Ohio led the pack with a 14,700 claim decline. Other states with declines in initial claims that were more than 1,000 were West Virginia, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, New York, Louisiana, Pennsylvania, Kansas, and Arkansas. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly. For the most recent week, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 540,736 carloads and intermodal units, which was up 12.5% compared with the same week last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 10 weeks of 2021 was 4,980,025 carloads and intermodal units, which is an increase of 2.7% compared to last year. I think that over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start seeing some pretty big year-over-year declines compared to what we had in uh, 2020 in the spring, which is when we really start seeing the freight rail traffic drop off because of the pandemic. In the most recent AAR data, six of the 10 carload commodity groups posted increases compared with the same week in 2020. They included coal, which was up 8,744 carloads to 64,102. Grain up 3,958 carloads to up to 223,939, and farm products excluding grain and food, which was up 910 carloads up to 16,766. Commodity groups that posted degrees compared the same week in 2020 included motor vehicles and parts, down 4,258 carloads to 14,829, chemicals, down 3,034 carloads to 29,971. 
and petroleum and petroleum products, which were down 1,900 carloads to 11,379. Here's a piece of railroad news that just came out on March 22nd that I thought might be of interest for you. Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern merged in a deal that would combine about $8.7 billion in revenues and create the first North American freight rail network operated by one company. It would service ports in New York and on the East Coast and Vancouver on the West Coast. It's going to stretch all the way down to Mexico, as far south as Mexico City, and it's expected to have a huge impact on the auto industry in Mexico because of all the auto assemblies that they ship up to the United States and Canada. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits and, and shows just how many of the large oil players are in Texas, New Mexico, and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. The recent increase in oil prices has not yet had any bigger increase on the Baker Hughes rig count. The total U.S. rig count is down 361 rigs. If you look out on the state level, you'll find that Texas had the biggest decrease year over year at 195 rigs. Other large declines were in New Mexico, which is down 45 rigs to 67 rigs, North Dakota, which is down 37 rigs to just 13 rigs operating now, and Oklahoma, down 27 rigs to just 16 operating right now. Let's take a look at the state-level oil data from a different perspective. Not surprisingly, Texas is, uh, came on top on a percent basis with 49% of all operating rigs right now at 200, 202 rigs. I was surprised to see New Mexico in the number two spot with 67 rigs. The nation's largest oil basin, the Permian Basin, knows no state boundaries and covers quite a bit of southeastern Mexico. Louisiana came in strong with 47 rigs, and that includes 12 offshore rigs. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity because copper is used in so many different industries. The construction industry is one of the leading markets because of its use in wiring and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices are still over the $4 per pound mark, but they are off their recent highs. Now let's take a look at the key concern for electrical contractors, finding workers. It's definitely one of those things that keeps them up at night. I found an interesting quote from payscale.com about the hiring situation in the electrical construction industry. The quote said, America will face a shortage of electricians in the near future, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and the National Electrical Contractors Association, or NECA. 7,000 electricians join the field each year, but 10,000 retire. BLS reports that the employment of electricians is projected to grow 10% from 2018 to 2028. And that's faster than the average for all occupations. If you look at the chart on the right, you can see that the, with an employment increase here at about 8%, that's actually more than the construction trade workers in anticipated increase from 2019 to 2029. They're looking for 3% growth there, 8% for electricians, and for total occupations, just 4%. I did a little research over the past week on job postings at the nation's largest electrical contractors and found that the 10 largest electrical contracting companies have more than 1,500 openings posted on their company websites. The company with the most openings right now is MCD, 508 openings posted on their website. MCOR had 450 uh, job postings specifically to electrical, and I believe over 700 in total, including their mechanical divisions.
other companies with a large amount of job openings right now and a big big backlog of electrical work faith technologies with 141 openings myr group 135 openings rosens and electric 107 and a few companies with a smaller amounts for ies holdings archkey solutions hankels and mccoy cupertino and mdu construction services group that wraps things up for today's podcast. Special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy Series in 2021. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you would like us to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation will be scheduled for Monday, April the 5th. Thanks and have a great day.